Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for the hope that you bring, the joy that comes uh, to this world. And I pray, God, that, uh, that as we learn more about that, as we uh, hear about a promise that has been fulfilled, that that would not be something that just happened but is happening in this world and continues on. Help us to see that more clearly today. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Uh, So as we just saw, uh, we are starting this series called Joy to the World, and uh, in partnership with these uh, mission partners that we have at Trinity that are also spreading joy to the world, talking about the hope that comes in Jesus. And in doing that, for these next four weeks, we'll take each week of Advent and focus on a word. And so today, our word that we're focusing on is hope. And so I want to begin with the question, uh, what do you hope for this Christmas season? I know in my house with my three kids, uh, our Christmas lists are already very long. In fact, uh, my kids have already very clearly stated what they would desire and want for Christmas, what they hope for. Uh, My son Malachi is just into all kinds of sports, and in fact, uh, on Thanksgiving Day, he was gifted a football, which literally has not left his hands since the moment he had it. He had it with him to come to church today, and I said, Malachi, you can't bring your football to church. His hope for Christmas is that he has any kind of new sports equipment, along with this big video game known as NBA 2K20, and dad kind of hopes that he gets that as well, all right? <laughs> be a good bonding moment for us. That's what he's hoping for. Uh, My girls are hoping for these things that are known as poopsie dolls. Has anybody heard of this by by chance? All right, this is kind of a thing now. Let Let me explain to you what it is. A poopsie doll is literally one of these dolls, and it comes with like this little package of gel that has uh like sparkles in it in, uh, in glitter, and you put the gel, you inject it into the doll, and they literally poop it out. That's why it's called a poopsie. That or they spit it out, one of the two. They want all of them, all right? All of these poopsie dolls. And And before you get too judgmental and say, the world is going under, I can't believe that people would hope for these things. I I read an article this last week that was really kind of fascinating. Somebody uh, in 1996 had uh, the Black Friday deals from Best Buy and scanned them into their computer to hold on to. And this was a blog that was written. And so just 
just to get your judgmental pants off, all right, to go back to 1996, here were the big deals that came around and what people were hoping for for Christmas. Anybody remember this? Like 20 years ago, Nintendo 64, $200, and you could get Super Mario World 64 for, six, for what, $59.99, $60. I, I went on uh, eBay to check out to see what that would cost today. You could get this whole bundle package with three other controllers and like seven other games for 60 bucks. There's no guarantee that it's going to work or that it could plug into your TV, all right? But kind of funny too, continuing on, they also pointed out that in 1996, there was this great deal for a 1.2 gigabyte hard drive. Anybody get this back in the day? $220 for this thing. Just to put it into context, you would barely be able to download Angry Birds onto your computer with that much space. And if you have any thought of streaming Netflix or anything like that, it can't happen. You don't got enough RAM or gigabyte space or anything like that to make it happen. Or how about this one right here, kicking it really old school. The Walkman, right? Ranging anywhere from $15 to $60. If you want the sport edition with the, what is that, auto reverse cassette player? Cost you an additional 40 bucks. This one um, is probably my favorite. Uh, for $300 in 1996, one of the big Black Friday deals was, was this. A 13-inch TV with built-in VCR. Yeah. Some of you may have waited in line for that thing. $300 for VCRs that, what, what does that even mean anymore? It's not a DVD player, by the way, right? Also obsolete. Kind of funny to think about. I was comparing this to today. You can, for $320 at Walmart right now, you can get a 55-inch Samsung HD 4K Ultra TV for $320. And 96 you could get a 13-inch standard built-in VCR television. And what was kind of funny just to tie it all together was they noticed that in 1996, it, you could also get a free cell phone as long as you signed up for a contract, which still exists today, and that deal has run since 1996. I think we love this time, this season of Christmas, because we love to, to get the deal, to, to buy the gift, to express our love for our family, to, to see somebody's face on Christmas morning as they open up that wonderful gift that they've been hoping and anticipating for. But ultimately, what we hope for is more than just a face on Christmas morning. Because I really, truly believe that we're all aware of this thing that I'm pointing out. That the new becomes ordinary. The, the updated becomes dated. The TV with the VCR becomes a, wait, I can get a $320, 55-inch Samsung HD TV? That sounds great. 
the reality is all of these things run their course in time. We, we hope for something more than just a great gift. We want something that lasts. And I believe that there's something inside of each of us that we're very well aware of that if we become too obsessed with these things, eventually they too will go out of style. Now, to be very clear, like I'm not anti-gifts or poopsie dolls or NBA 2K20 or TVs with built-in VCRs. I think they're all great. And I will be getting gifts for my children for Christmas. All right, I'm not saying that we throw away that aspect of this. But I think that in the midst of this, what we're talking about today, the hope that we hold on to is bigger than some Black Friday deal or some new and updated thing. The hope that we're talking about today is one that lasts and is for everyone. And that's why today we're talking about this series, Joy to the World. We're talking about uh, really what is the joy that is coming into the world. And one of the big aspects that we see of the Bible and what it talks about in this season and time of Advent is that there is a joy that is coming to this world, a hope that is coming, that is for everyone, and it will last. In fact, I want to look at that passage in Isaiah chapter 40. It's a wonderful passage that we need to lean into. It says this in Isaiah 40, 28. Isaiah, the prophet, talking about the coming Messiah, says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? And these words just ring true for me today because I need to hear them even today. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Have you forgotten of the hope that is coming, that has come into the world? And this hope, it reminds us of two really big things of who the Lord is. I want to share those with you in Isaiah 40 here. The first one comes from Isaiah 40, verse 28. It says this, The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. The first thing I'd love for you to write down on your sheet here is this, is that the Lord's hope is everlasting. This is really important for us to understand. The hope that God brings to this world is eternal, is everlasting. It doesn't have a beginning or an end. There's nothing uh, new to it. There's nothing under it that, that God has not seen or that is outside of his knowledge. It does not fade away. It is not some 13-inch TV with a built-in VCR. The hope of God continues on forever, for all time. It does not grow weary. It it is our source of being, and no one can fully fathom the beauty that it brings. But then Isaiah continues. He says this. He says, of the hope that is coming, that he gives strength to the weary And he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. 
the second piece of the Lord's hope is that it gives strength to the weary, to the one who feels that they have nothing. The Lord's hope brings something beyond what we can even imagine. It increases the power and the might of the weak. And it is not just for the youth, the, the attractive, the, the, the ones who don't grow weary. No, it is for those who are broken, who can't handle with what life is bringing forward. And it is brought, brought to us to bring us strength. And it's in this context that Isaiah then leans in even further. And he says something huge about the hope of this season. He says, he continues in verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I love this passage because uh, the word hope there in the original language, it was written in Hebrew, is, is this word. It's kawa. Say it with me. One, two, three. Kawa. That word hope means to eagerly await with joy and anticipation. There is this hope of this eagerness, this, this waiting for with, with all kinds of anticipation. I, I think of the image that's in my mind is when I was just that young kid hoping that there was going to be a Nintendo underneath the Christmas tree. One that was just waiting for my birthday to come. You remember those days, right? Where there was so much anticipation and joy that you had for something that was to come. Isaiah the prophet is saying that those who have that hope in the Lord, that their strength will be renewed. In fact, I like saying it this way. Actually, probably a clearer way to say it would be this in Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope or kawa in the Lord, they will exchange or replace their strength. It's not just a renewal of strength but they will exchange or replace their strength, meaning that, that, that they will have the strength that is needed to be carrying out the weight of our own struggle, the weight of the brokenness that can exist in this world. Because the reality is, is that there are things in this world that will try to fill that space of hope. It will try to rob that hope that comes in the Lord. And I think it's important for us in this season to acknowledge and see that those things can become outdated. Yes, the toys, the materials, those things will fade. But this is why we place our hope in God, the one who promises that this is not only for me, but for everyone, but is for those who are in need of it especially. Now, I had a friend one time, he told me a story. Um, 
and I just thought it was really great. He said um, that uh, one year for Christmas, uh, him and his wife, they had uh, one child, and he was, um, you know, growing up into that age of where, like, it was more fun to watch him open his Christmas gifts than, than they themselves. And, and so they decided to play a trick on him one Christmas. The only thing that he wanted for Christmas was, uh, was a PlayStation 2, right? And so he did the logical thing that we've all done before, if you've ever had Christmas gifts underneath your Christmas tree. The one thing that you were hoping to get, you start to like, you know, investigate and look in and see like, oh man, like that looks about the right size. It feels about the right weight. You ever been there before? All right, this isn't just me. Good, all right. And so he started to do this, and, and his parents started to notice this, and they thought, oh, man, this is going to be incredible. And so uh, they set it up on Christmas morning where um, he was opening up all the gifts, and he finally got to the last gift, and his PlayStation 2 had not come yet. And they noticed on his face that he was just devastated because this last gift that he had was not the correct size of, of a PlayStation 2. And so already he had expressed that I am disappointed with this year's Christmas gifts. And so he opens up the last gift and it's a PlayStation 2 video game. My friend told me the story. He said uh, that our kid looked at us and I don't know if he exactly said this, but this is what he was saying was, you guys are idiots. <laughs> like, hey, thanks for the game, this does me no good whatsoever because I need the council to play the game, mom and dad. And, and the parents kind of had this all laid out and they understood that, yeah, this is probably the best way to do it. They had the council behind the couch and then brought it out afterwards and everything was all great and fine and he had the best Christmas ever. But I tell you this story for the purpose of this. I am fully aware that some of you might be thinking, all right, the hope of God, of course, preacher, I get it. it, it Christmas and this season, it's not about gifts and TVs with built-in VCRs. It's easy for you to say that the hope of God is what we should be eagerly desiring more and more, but it kind of feels more like that kid receiving the video game and not getting the counsel. If that's you today, I really hope you can hear these next two words. And I hope that you can hear these next two things with great compassion. Because truthfully, I believe for us to understand what the hope of God is, that leaves us in a place of where we live a little bit differently. Two things here. Number one, how do I live in this hope of anticipation and eagerly awaiting for God to come? The first thing is this, is that we need to live for something greater than what I can see. This is the promise of what we believe and hold to, that your existence, my existence, is more than just living for the things that I can see, that I'm called to live for something greater, for something deeper, for, for something that will go on for eternity. And it's not just for a relationship or for a, a toy or, or for the next vacation, but it's for something greater in, than what is found in this world. 
And the second thing is this, that in the midst of this world, how do I live for hope? I live with an anticipation and patiently trusting that God is still working, not losing hope. There's no doubt for for Isaiah, who wrote this many years ago, talking about the Messiah that was to come, that life was not just easy street for him. It was tough and challenging. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see this same exact thing. And when we look at the, the followers of Jesus after him, it was the same exact thing. It was not just this easy route. And when I look at my own life and when I look at the lives of the faces of people that I see today, I know that life will not be easy all the time. But we patiently continue to trust God in the midst of this journey. And our hope is not some sprint, but is one of endurance, continuing to move forward. Which is why I love this passage in Isaiah chapter 40. Because the first words that we read in Isaiah 40 were these. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. It's so beautiful because thousands of years later, all four of the gospel writers, the ones who would write about the one who is to come, Jesus, would quote this passage, pointing to this Messiah as to that he is the one who has come into this world. In Matthew, it's chapter 3, verse 3. In Mark, it's chapter 1, verse 3. In Luke, it's chapter 3, verse 4. And in John, It's chapter 1, verse 23, all pointing that this Messiah who has come into the world is going to bring a path to God, one that brings hope for all into this world. And that would be fully realized, not just by his birth, but as he would come and live the perfect life, as he would hang on a cross, but that he would resurrect. He would come back to life, showing us that this plan of salvation would go on for eternity. It would be bigger than what this world can provide. And I got to see this in a very real way this last week. Uh, This last week for Thanksgiving, uh, we traveled to St. Louis where uh, my wife's family all lives. And um, and on one side of the family, her dad's side of the family, um, it's a really small group of people that gather together for Thanksgiving. Uh, This year, we had 10 people at the table And if you know anything about us, we bring five, (laughs) right? So we're half the party. Um, But but this last year, as we were preparing and getting ready for Thanksgiving, this was the first Thanksgiving 
where uh, my wife's grandparents, Ed and Lena, weren't there. The table was at 10. It had been at 12 for a long time. And as we sat at the table, we certainly felt like something was missing because two people were missing. It was in that moment um, that we kind of made a little plan and, and decided to just ask some big questions, to share memories, to talk about hope, to laugh, to cry. But to be reminded of the hope that comes, the plan that Jesus put into place, one that says, I'm going to make things straight. One that plans to say that we will be together again. And in that, we find joy. We exchange our strength for something deeper and greater. Because the hope that Jesus plans to bring is one that's greater than this world, but it's one for all and for eternity. And so I wanna just challenge you in the midst of this season and in this time, that as it is easy to just get caught up in all of the stuff and the things and the planning and the preparation and the family events and the drama that comes when the family gets together, I want to challenge you with these two things. Number one, that in the midst of these moments, how can you live a life that has hope that's greater than just the season? One that just clings on to hope that says that it's greater than this, just this time and season. One that lives for something more than just the perfect holiday moment, but one that lasts for eternity. And secondly, how can you encourage someone who's struggling? In compassion, remind them of an everlasting hope that is for us. Please don't do this out of arrogance. Do it out of compassion for someone else. Because that's how God has joyfully done it for you and me to remind us of the hope that he promises to bring into this world, one that will make, <laughs> one that will renew our strength, and one that is found only in him. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are a God who promises to bring hope into this world. One that led ultimately to you coming into this world and out of love and compassion would die and rise again for us. That in the midst of uh, the emotions and the pain and the brokenness that exists here, that we would be reminded that your plan is forever. It's bigger than just a cold season. It's one that will go on and on and on. 
I pray that we would rest in that. I pray that that would be our source of strength. And I pray that we would be renewed and be given, as the prophet said, wings like the eagles to, to live in this world. May that be our source of joy. In Jesus' name, amen.